It was two in the morning, and from my bedroom ceiling, I could hear what sounded like a large body being thrown around. A second later, I heard the unmistakable voice of my daughter, Katie, crying and screaming for help. I flew up the stairs and into her room, only to find her struggling to stand and completely losing her sense of balance over and over again. She fell violently against doors, furniture, and even dropped to the floor so many times. I thought this must be a new seizure type. All this time, I thought that I would be prepared to hold her down and do what I needed to do in case she ever had a big seizure. This horrific night revealed to me that I was not mentally or even physically strong enough to handle the situation. Have you ever experienced moments where you felt completely inadequate to handle your own situation? Have you felt that fear that comes along with the threat of harm to your child as you helplessly watch them suffer, not knowing what to do? Today, I want to explore the subject of fear, how to face it, how to overcome it, and how to keep moving forward. Hey, I am Michelle Hayes, special education teacher and parent of a child with multiple special needs. I'm here to share stories, strategies, inspiration, and hope to parents and caregivers of individuals with disabilities. Because when life requires us not to be normal, it becomes our opportunity to turn into something extraordinary. Welcome to the journey. wrapped my arms around Katie and held her tight, just like I had mentally rehearsed over and over again. Only this time, in the real world, things didn't play out like they had in my perfect dry run. With each whirling attack, Katie and I were just launched across her bedroom again and again. She screamed in terror, Mom, help! It hurts! And I tried so hard to just control her body. I yelled at her to lay on the floor. It was chaos. Nothing worked. Fortunately, my husband is big and strong. He ran up to see what was happening and he quickly sprung to action, taking Katie down to the bed and holding her steady for what seemed like an eternity. My head was just racing, and I couldn't wrap my mind around the situation or even what to do. That night, Katie rode an ambulance to the hospital, and she was diagnosed with a case of status epilepticus. It's a type of ongoing seizure that really doesn't stop. Katie's seizure went on for six hours. Katie had been relatively seizure-free. Aside from the frequent on seizures which were like little seizures which she would blink, look absent, and come right back. Uh, She hadn't had to face epilepsy. We hadn't had to face this monster for a long, long time. These kind of absent seizures did not even interfere with her life. She would just zone out and come right back. But now, that scary monster was back, and it was uglier and stronger than ever. I felt unprepared, uncertain, and incredibly threatened. I was terrified. Now, fear can manifest itself in a lot of ways, 
But the more common reactions are three. They're called flight, which is where you run away from the situation. Fight, which is where you run and face the situation. Or freeze. I'm not sure where you fit into these categories and how you react. But me, I'm a freezer. And I'm glad they added this category because it used to be fight or flight. And I never fit in. I'm the one that just freezes and does not react. Now, the things that give us fear are really not knowing the situation. Things that are unknown are scary. Like think about your special needs child and instances like when you turn on a blender or a vacuum cleaner and it creates this really loud sound and they are horrified. They don't understand what's happening and they have this fearful reaction. They don't understand. It's unknown. So it makes them react in fear. Another thing that can give you fear is losing control, just not having a grip on things, not being in charge. Another thing that can give you fear is pending danger. You know, when danger is coming, you feel fear. And also the threat of harm can make you feel fearful, which in this situation for me, the threat of harm with Katie's seizures were provoking me to feel entirely terrorized. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear can actually be a healthy thing. It is a good instinct. It was put in us because it is helpful. Recording this podcast episode feels a little strange for me because honestly, fear is one of those hurdles that I really struggle with. Like I am constantly having to face it and work through it. It is not something that I feel like I have mastered, but I'm going to tell you what, I am trying to learn balance because that wobbly state of imbalance can make fear control you. I remember being in theater classes because I studied drama and I remember the teachers explaining that adrenaline rush you feel on the stage and how you could use that adrenaline rush to propel you forward, to use that energy burst to make you give the best performance. Now, I'm not saying that we are faking it, That's not at all what I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is that fear does come with its set of attributes, like that energy and that adrenaline burst that you can absolutely use and control. It's like a wild horse that you can learn to tame. When you have fear, you want to try to control your outcome. But here's what you and I need to come to grips with. We cannot always control our outcomes. Fear will make you end up serving that thing you fear. For instance, if I'm afraid of Katie's seizures, I will be perpetually monitoring her and just catering every single moment and just orchestrating everything around that fear of that oncoming seizure. So in the end, I am entirely a servant of the fear of this seizure. I am working for the seizure. I am doing things in case of the seizure. I am learning things about the seizure. Everything I do becomes an obsession because of my fear of seizures. And I end up serving the thing that I fear. Now, while you cannot control most of the outcomes, there are some things that you can control. Let me tell you what they are. First, you can control your mental process. You got to accept your degree of preparation. 
And you got to trust yourself that when that moment comes and when the need arises, you will know exactly what to do. Do not overthink it. Just trust yourself that you are prepared enough to handle the situation and react. Don't overthink. Another thing that you can do is you can have a certain level of preparation and training. Recognize that you might take, actually, you will take poor choices when you're under pressure because you're going to automatically default to that basic instinctive reaction of fear, which is fight the situation, run away from the situation, or freeze. Fight, flight, or freeze. Do have a level of preparation, a level of training, so that you can handle the thing that you are working with, the situation that you need to work with. But be careful. Don't obsess with preparing. When you feel like you're being too forceful, when you feel like you're starting to create damage with your preparation, you've got to stop. For example, say you're trying to screw something into a wall and you feel that screw run up against something and it does not go any deeper, but you want to keep pushing that screw into the wall and you keep drilling that screw. What's going to happen is it's going to create enough force that that screw is not going to move and you're going to end up damaging the screw, rendering that screw useless. Okay. That's very similar to obsessing and over-preparing for a situation. Remember, most of the things that you fear don't actually happen. So try not to get too detailed and specific in preparing for a thing that you are fearing. Because the truth is, you could prepare for 10 years for a situation and you might be a master at handling that issue that you have learned to handle, but suddenly a totally different situation lands on your lap and you discover that you prepared for the wrong thing entirely. Now this happens a lot in our realm, doesn't it? You've got to be comfortable with enough. Now what is enough? Is preparing for the concern that you have taking you longer than actually living your life? So are you spending more time planning, preparing, getting things put into place? than actually living life, that's when it's too much. You've got to back away. You've got to recognize you cannot control the circumstances that you end up facing. There is one thing you can control though, and that is your mindset. Just keep in mind, most of the things that we fear and most of the things that we plan for actually don't happen. And here's one more thing I want to tell you. Beware of Google. (laughs) It is a great tool for researching and finding out information, but it's also a great tool for becoming a cripple to your own fear. You've got to find a balance between staying informed and over-speculating. Having courage does not mean that there is an absence of fear. Remember, when fear is balanced and within proportion, it serves a great purpose and it keeps you safe. But that does not mean that you're not going to experience the feelings of fear when you have to face a situation. You can still be courageous. You can still be brave, but you have to walk through it. One of the phrases I tell myself over and over again is, do it afraid. That just means that you're going to feel fear, and you still got to do it, and you just got to face what you're facing, and do it afraid, but 
do it. Just have courage. Courage does not mean not being afraid. Courage means you are facing a situation, you are facing adversity, and you are pushing through. I want to warn you to watch your mouth around your kids and around yourself too, because there is so much power in self-talk. The more you say something, the more you start to believe it. The more you start to believe it, the more you start to act like it. And remember, the people around you are listening too. There's a lot of credit to you and people put a lot of validation on you. So watch what you say. Be careful of letting doctors and therapists and teachers like me dictate the way you see your situation. I'm not going to lie. I've had a couple of parents face off with me and tell me that they disagree with my diagnosis, with my interpretation of their child's outcome in my classroom. And every time I have learned that there is no better person to understand that child than the parent. And I stand back and I listen because that parent knows their child to a level that I will never, as a special education teacher, I will never understand. That person made that child. That person raised that child. That parent is the only parent to that child. There is no other mom than that mother. There is no other dad than that father. And I have learned to just trust that if a parent says that I'm wrong, that parent must be onto something. It's only your job to believe and to hope. That is up to you. You've got to find strength within yourself. You've got to have courage in the face of fear. So my takeaways for today are some simple strategies for dealing with fear. First, do it afraid. Just face the situation, bite the bullet, trust yourself that you will know and will be prepared enough to handle a situation. Do not overthink it and jump right in. Secondly, I want you to surround yourself with positive people who find joy in life. You're going to find that they will strengthen you, they will renew your vision, and they will change the way that you think. Make sure that the people that you are surrounded by are people that have the vision that you want to have, are people that see things the way you want to see. Thirdly, I want to remind you, (laughs) take it one small bite at a time, okay? We are walking an uncharted journey It is dark, it is unknown, and you can only take one small step at a time. Sometimes you can literally only see what is right under your feet, what is right in front of you. Sometimes one step, half a step, even a little scoot is all you can do. But all forward motion counts. Do what you can to make that step a sturdy step. Next, I want you to remember to take care of what you have today. Not what was yesterday. Not what you picture for tomorrow. You only have today. You've got to make today yours. You are your child's parent. Not the doctor. Not the therapist. Not the teacher. It's you that that child looks to for security and stability. You have to find a way to provide that. Your child is watching you learn 
and is learning from your example. Your child is learning how to handle fear, how to handle adversity, how to look at tough situations. And your child is learning how to react to all of that by watching the way that you react. What are you demonstrating to your child? Are you showing how to have courage in the face of fear? Don't worry. If you haven't yet, today is your day. Today is the day that you can say, I'm going to change. I'm going to inspire my child. I am going to show my child that this is the way that we do it. In my family, I tell my children, we are the Hayes family and we are strong. We are resilient. We are learners. You've got to impart identity to your family the same way. You've got to show them what are your values? What are your traits? What do you stand for? Your children will follow your footsteps. You have got to have courage, even in the face of fear. You can do this. Thanks for listening to The Journey from special needs to extraordinary outcomes. Today, we talked about dealing with fear and learning how to control it. Join me next time where we will discuss how to believe and keep hope alive. Until then, enjoy the journey. See you next time.